You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Today's scripture comes from John chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you, what do you say about yourself? The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, as I said a few times, this year choosing movies for our movie series was a little bit more difficult. I think probably COVID had an effect on that. There weren't as many Uh, movies that were maybe church appropriate in the theaters and so we got a little creative and uh, invited you to watch The Lion King from home and of course you could watch the cartoon version which was from 1994 which is 29 years ago or you could watch the recent one from uh, 2019 the updated CIV animation one which is very cool And just a little bit of uh, trivia, the only voice that is the same in the cartoon version and the CIV animation version is James Earl Jones as Mufasa. Because really, how could you have a different voice than that, right? (laughs) The Lion King is pure Disney in many ways. You have a king and a queen. You have the death of a beloved parent. You have a happy ending. But really, the story of the Lion King is about baptism. That's why we chose it, not because it's Pastor Megan's favorite animated movie or my favorite animated movie, but because this season that we are in now is the time when we celebrate and remember the baptism of the Lord. And in so doing, we remember our own baptism. The Lion King is a story about being claimed as beloved, the fact that no matter what happens, no matter what we do, 
God will not leave us. That's the message of baptism. You remember the iconic opening scene. It's Simba's introduction to the pride. He is the lion cub born to King Mufasa and Queen Sarabi, and this introduction is a baptism of sorts. You have the spiritual leader Rafiki, and all of the animals in the kingdom come and bow. And it's, it's similar to a baptism we have here. The introduction of a child, of a baby, in, uh, to the congregation. The parents and the congregation take vows. There's the spiritual leader, the uh, clergy who uses water. Of course, Rafiki used it, the chalk. And the baby's introduced to the congregation. We walk around, we don't bow, but we wave to the baby or maybe squeeze their foot. And this is the moment when God's grace is poured out, when the congregation claims the child, and we pray that the one baptized will know Christ. We support them. We do things like be their Bible buddy or their journey companion, or we go to see their games and their meets and their concerts or watch them in a play. We attend their confirmation and send them on mission trips. We might go to their graduation party or maybe even their wedding and celebrate them and pray for them. We pray for them not just because we love them, but because we know that no matter all the good that we offer, the world can get in the way. There are negative voices, struggles, temptations, bullies, identity crises, and so we pray and we support them, and we ensure that they know that they are loved and that there is always space for them here, and we watch and see them grow into the disciple God first called them to be at their baptism. Now, for Simba, there were high expectations for him, and he felt that. He would one day be king and follow in his uh, father's footsteps, and as he began he grows, he begins to understand what all that means, his role as king. And his father, Mufasa, explains to him the great responsibility that he has and shows him how to be king. But there are outside interferences. Mufasa's brother, Scar, is jealous. He wants to be king. And so he develops a plan to kill Mufasa and shame Simba. Mufasa is killed by a stampede. Scar blames Simba, and Simba runs away. Scar believes that he's dead. The guilt Simba feels becomes so big, his shame overtakes him, and he escapes to a place where he can avoid what happened, where no one knows him, where life is simpler, where there are no difficult decisions to make, no responsibilities, no worries where he could find friends and just live a carefree life. Simba couldn't face himself. He believed he was guilty. He beat himself up for it. His method of, of managing his shame was avoidance. He ran away. But we have those times too. Our methods might be running away, or alcohol, or food, or gambling, or various addictions, or avoidance behaviors, or sleep, or over-exercising, or shopping, or pretending that nothing happened, or 
living in anger with no one really knowing why we are so angry. We adopt these behaviors because it's too difficult to forgive ourselves to believe that we are not worthy of forgiveness. We begin to believe that. And so shame overtakes us, and we forget who we are. We forget that we are God's beloved. Simba loses himself. He can't bear the thought of facing his mother or the pride, so he escapes. When we are in these places where we are so low that we can't remember who we are, God still works. It might take us a while to realize it, but God still works. Simba's friend and betrothed Nala finds him, and she tells him to come back. But Simba refuses. He can't face it. He knows that he's let everyone down, but then he remembers. Every once in a while, as a pastor, um, we will receive a request that someone would like to be rebaptized. They were baptized as a baby. Um, they don't remember it. Maybe they've kind of strayed away from God and the church, and so they want to be baptized again to, to start over. But as United Methodists, we don't rebaptize because in baptism, God takes the initiative. God calls us to baptism. God does the work of baptism. Baptism isn't about us claiming God. It's about God claiming us. It's why we baptize all ages. So when someone asks to be rebaptized, I kind of want to say, I don't think God did it wrong the first time. God never left. God has been with you all along. And so instead, we remember our baptism. Now, through his spiritual practices, Rafiki realized that Simba is still alive, and he finds him, and he takes him to the water, and we might say that he reminds Simba of his baptism, shows him who he is, reminds him he's loved, that his father never left him. And in that moment, Simba remembers. He reclaims his identity. I am Simba, son of Mufasa. Baptism gives us an identity. We belong to God. It's an identity that is always there because God never leaves us. Even if we leave God, we are forever marked as children of God. In our baptismal liturgy, it says, Pour out your Holy Spirit upon this water, and he or she who receives it, may they forever be reminded that this water can never be washed off or wiped away. For it is the symbol of your love and grace that always has and always will abide in your child. And sometimes in a baptism it makes me laugh because we pour the, baby, the water on the baby, and then the baby tries to wipe it off. And they sit there, and they're, you know, fussing with it. But it doesn't wipe off. It doesn't go away. It's always with us. The symbol of God calling us and claiming us, of God's presence with us. When Jesus came to the Jordan to be baptized, the heavens broke open, and a dove descended, and there was a voice that said, This is my Son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. It's really kind of a human moment, or at least has a human purpose. 
God's voice claiming Jesus. It's that outward sign to all who were there, to the people, that this is God's beloved, God's son. And it also has the effect of giving that inner confidence and reminder to Jesus, who was both divine and human. No matter what happens, his identity is God's beloved. He'll face all kinds of obstacles, pains, suffering, and he'll find strength in remembering his baptism, his identity. And baptism vows are made. They speak to our responsibility as those who claim Christ. Sometimes things like guilt and shame and fear get in the way of realizing our potential. And remembering our baptism gives us the strength to be the disciples we are called to be because, friends, like Simba, we have a responsibility. And when we let those negative voices of shame and worthlessness and accusation and prejudice get into our heads, we lose ourselves. We don't have the strength to be who we need to be. And so we end up sitting down instead of standing up. And we end up escaping instead of working. And we end up looking out for ourselves instead of for all of God's people. Our baptismal vows include a promise to reject evil and oppression in whatever forms they may present themselves. We can't do that if we have lost ourselves, if we're too busy escaping, if we're unable to forgive ourselves. We need to remember who we are, to remember our baptism, our identity, and surround ourselves with people who know us and love us and challenge us and encourage us as disciples to trust in God as the source of our strength. Simba returned to Pride Rock and he found that he was welcomed. He learned the truth. He was not to blame. All of this time, a lie prevented him from claiming his belovedness. That's what happens when we allow negative voices to take up room in our heads. We don't cling to the, voices that call, to the voice that calls out to us, you are my child, you are my beloved. Martin Luther had a plaque in his room that said, when you wash your face, remember you are baptized. He struggled, right? I mean, he was condemned by the church. He had doubts. He dealt with depression and anxiety. And he even doubted his own salvation. But he always returned to his baptism. He would remind himself, Martin, you are baptized. May we too remember our baptism and find our identity in it. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.